You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. How different is God's jealousy from the world's concept of jealousy? Find out in week two of this series from this audio message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We do hope that this uh, journey, this short series will help us understand who our God is. And the reason why we have entitled this series, The God Nobody Wants, is because we're going through some of the characters and the attributes of God that sometimes we tend to misunderstand. And we tend to look at God as being killjoy, or we tend to look at God as being sobranaman, parang ganon. And I believe that there are some characters and some attributes of God are, that are really widely acceptable. Like, for example, how many of you really like the fact that God is love? Some of you, okay. How about God is a gracious God? Or that God is a forgiving God? Or that God is a God of provision? But, you know, when you talk about God, like last week you talked about God being a holy God. About Him, you know, not allowing sin to, to reign in our hearts. And sometimes you get to justify, Lord, tao lang naman ako. And so sometimes we, we misunderstand that. Today we're going to be talking about God being a jealous God. Now, how many of you uh, have heard his word jealous? How many of you sometimes feel jealousy towards maybe a friend or towards a spouse? Don't raise your hand, okay? Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about God being a just God. Okay? Hindi siya basta-basta. Hindi siya just-just, okay? Now, uh, we're going to talk about God, a God of justice. And so, today we're looking at the character of God that is often uh, mis. Uh, interpreted and uh, misunderstood. And so, just to help us with our series, uh, we, this is basically our objective. That at, the, at the end of our series, our people will have a deeper understanding of who God is and of man's total depravity, which will lead to reverence and the fear of the Lord. Now, when you talk about fear, I understand that sometimes it can also be understood as negative. Diba? And you will look at the Bible wherein some angels would appear before men and they would always say, do not fear. Okay? But there's a positive kind of fear, which is really the fear of God, which is translated as the reverence uh, of God or an awe for God. Now, this particular character or attribute of God being jealous can be misinterpreted. Like, for example, there's a story of this... Uh, very influential lady in media in the United States. And she grew up a Baptist. And for you know, all her life, she's been attending church and she's been committed to the Christian faith. However, when she was, and she was saying this in an interview uh, on TV, in fact, you can find this in YouTube, that when she was about 25 or maybe 27 years old, the preacher in her church was talking about God being an omnipotent God. How many of you know that God is a powerful God? How many of you will agree with me on that? God is a powerful God. That God is an omniscient God. He is all-knowing. That God is sovereign over the affairs of men. And so the preacher went on to talk about the different attributes of God. And then he went on to talk about another aspect of God being a jealous God. Now, when she heard about this particular truth in that sermon she was turned off with god and she thought that why will god be jealous of me i have nothing you know this god who owns everything and this god who created everything and this god who's powerful why will he become jealous of me and so she misunderstood that 
when God says, I am a jealous God, that He doesn't want you to own anything. But God is not jealous of us. God is jealous for us. And we're going to talk about that in a while. And the person I'm talking about is none other than Oprah Winfrey. And so, after that particular incident in her life, she suddenly became open to new age. And there's a reason why many times in her talk show, and you know, I'm not sure if you're an Oprah fan, now, I don't mean to offend anyone, but you, you try to listen to her statements. She's a bit open to just about anything. That she refers to God as the supreme being that, you know, it's almost like she's saying that all roads lead to Him anyway. We just need to put God out of the box. And so that's exactly what she said in the interview. I was actually reviewing that, and she made that statement. Now, I'm not here to, you know, lambast her, but somehow the reason why... I'm connecting this particular uh, incident is because of the title, The God That Nobody Wants. Simply because this particular attribute or character of God can be misunderstood. So I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. And we're going to be gleaning from the scriptures this afternoon. We're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 34. If you have your Bible, your tablets, your iPad, your iPhone, or your regular Bible, you're, you're welcome to open them and read along with me. I'm going to be reading from the version NIV, Necessary in Victory, okay? Yeah, or the New International Version. Okay, Exodus chapter 34, verses uh, 8 to 17. Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. O Lord, I have found favor in your eyes, he said. Then let the Lord go with us. Sorry, O Lord, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people. Now, Moses was leading a, you know, million, more than a million Jews out from Egypt into the desert. And so this was the setting. Okay? Forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Then the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you before all your people. I will do wonders never before done in, my na- in any nation in all the world. The people... You live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. And how many of you are excited about that? That God is always, you know, moving ahead of us and providing for us and being a powerful God for us. Verse 11. Obey what I command you today. I will drive out before you the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, Parasites, and all the ites, Okay. And so, He will drive out everything if we obey Him. Verse 12, Be careful not to make a treaty with these who live in the land where you are going, or they will become, or they will be a snare among you. Break down their altar, smash their sacred stones, and cut down their Asherah poles. Do not worship any other god, for the Lord whose name is what? Jealous is a jealous God. In fact, His name is jealous. Never have you seen in one particular verse where you can find the same word repeated, okay? Uh, particularly this word jealous. He is a jealous God. Be careful not to make a treaty among, uh, with those who live in the land, for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. And when you choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons, and those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods, they will lead your sons to do the same. Verse 17, 
do not make cast idols. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for our time this afternoon. We ask, Lord God, that you would give your people a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. Lord, we come before you with open hearts, with open minds, knowing that the Spirit would like to speak not only to this church, but even to each one of us individually. Lord, bless the preaching of your word. I ask, Lord God, that you would anoint every word that I will speak uh, before you today. We thank you, Lord God, for this time together to know you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. Okay. Now, the context of this uh, verse that we have just read basically was in the mountain uh, of Mount Sinai when Moses was meeting with God. Now, we all know the story of uh, God sending Moses to deliver the Jews from Egypt. How many of you remember that story, right? How many of you watched uh, The Ten Commandments, 1950s movie by Charlton Heston? Anybody watch that movie? Gamit pa nyo, Betamax? or VHS, or probably now you can find, you can find them in, in DVD version, okay? Or maybe the modern version of the Prince of Egypt, right? We, we know that story. And so Moses was sent by God to deliver his people from Egypt, and basically God did a tremendous work before his people. He sent ten plagues, not just to punish the people of Egypt, but basically to show his own people, the Jews, that he is a powerful God that He is a God that they can trust, that He is a God who moves before them. And one major miracle that He actually made was when the Red Sea opened before them and they, they walked through the Red Sea on dry land and the most powerful army in, on earth during that time was basically swallowed by the Red Sea. So, you know, that was the context. God took them out of Egypt through the Red Sea. Now they were before the mountain of the Lord. They were before Mount Sinai. And, and Moses was basically meeting with God for about 40 days and 40 nights. He was not eating nor drinking. How many of you can fast 40 days and 40 nights? Iniisip nyo palang, gutom na tayo, no? Parang, kumalam na kagad yung sikmura natin. But Moses was there in the mountain. I guess when you're with God, how many of you know if you're with God, you have everything you need? That's why Moses was not looking for anything else anymore. And he, he was spending time with the Lord. And so basically the people said to Moses, Moses, just represent us before God. We don't want to meet this God because we're scared of Him. Because they don't know Him. So Moses met with God and, you know, in that mountain, basically God gave the Ten Commandments. Now this, by the way, is the original tablets. Okay, so you know, this is the, you, know, you will find that Moses had two tablets, okay? Maybe an iPad or maybe, uh, I don't know. Uh, so he, basically, God was the inventor of the tablets, not Steve Jobs, okay? And in fact, the multi-touch was invented by God. In fact, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34 that he wrote, that he wrote the laws by his own finger, okay? Yun ang impisibi ng multi-touch, okay? That's why nowadays we're using our fingers to, to, to use our iPad. So, so anyway... Uh, going back to, okay. <laughs> so, so Moses basically was taking these Ten Commandments, these two tablets, and in the middle of his meeting with God, God told Moses, okay, hey, there's something that's happening down there with your people. Now, while he was meeting, the people got impatient. 
And they're saying to Aaron, his brother, the brother of Moses who was a priest, they said to Aaron, Aaron, ang tagal ng utol mo. Of course, in the Jewish ang tagal ni Moses. You know, we're waiting for him for 40 days. Baka naman kinainis ni Lord or something like that. You know, maybe, you know, he was zapped by the presence of God. Maybe he's dead already. So why don't you do this for us as a people? Because we're out here in the desert. We're, we're waiting here for, for nothing. So can you make us gods that we can worship? And so Moses asked each one of them, okay, I want you to get all your gold jewelries, you know, provide your gold earrings, your gold, whatever, golden uh, uh, necklace or your golden postiza, whatever, anything that's gold, okay? Donate it and we're going to make it into an idol. And so that's exactly what they did. Everybody contributed to that. And when, when Aaron fashioned the, the gold that the, he, he collect, collected, out came a golden calf. And so Aaron told the people, you know, this is your God. The God who delivered you from Egypt. Can you imagine? What audacity you know, could, he have, you know, could he have during that time? They just came out of Egypt. They experienced the ten plagues. They went through the Red Sea. They knew God, and yet they're going to replace God with this golden calf. I mean, if you're, if you're here sitting down and say, grabe, labo naman ng mga Israelites, so, how quick they can turn away from God. Let's think about that statement for a moment. But how about us? How quickly also sometimes do we turn away from God? God just basically, you know, delivered you from a situation or maybe God provided for us or maybe God just <clears throat> uh, healed you from a sickness and yet just give it a couple of days, and here you are already, and here we are sometimes being unfaithful to the Lord. Hello, are we here this afternoon? That's why last week I actually made a clarification or disclaimer that this is not just probably the title, The God That Nobody Wants, but maybe the sermon that nobody wants. Because this can actually be straight in our hearts. Now Moses went down, and he was mad. Because he went to his aide Joshua, who was actually staying near him. And Joshua said, I hear something down there. There's, there's a song of war in the camp. And Moses said, it's not a song of victory nor song of defeat. It's a, it's a party down there. I hear party. I hear revelry. I hear, you know, and that's exactly what happened. When they started worshiping this golden calf, they started sacrificing before the calf. They started drinking, they started marrying, they started doing orgies. I'm not sure if there's ecstasy there during that time. You know, it was wild parties. And so Moses got mad, and when he saw the party, basically what he did was, he threw the tablets, and he broke the first set of Ten Commandments. That's the story. And he went to Aaron, and he said, how could you do this? I was gone for 40 days. I haven't eaten. And here you are. You're leading these people into idolatry. Now, the biggest excuse that could ever be made by somebody was this. Aaron said, but Moses, I was just here. When the people were asking me to present a God, I basically asked them to give me your gold. I threw the gold into the fire and out came the golden calf. It's a miracle. And so what he did was he melted the calf in fire. He 
you know, basically uh, made it into powder, scattered it in water, and made everyone drink it. In that particular day, 3,000 people died because of their idolatry. Idolatry was actually the biggest problem of man ever since. Idolatry is something that takes the place of God in our hearts. In fact, that's the reason why the context of jealousy is the fact that God wants to protect us from idols. Because jealousy is always found in the context of relationships. In fact, in the, first, in, uh, in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians chapter, five, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 3, verse 3, the Apostle Paul was talking about jealousy in a negative sense. Because sometimes when you talk about jealousy, do sometimes negative on the thing, di ba? Pagkarang si selos ka, di ba? And what does that mean? If you know, how many of you are married here? Can you please raise your hand? If you're married and you're proud of it, please raise your hand. Yan, okay? Now, how many of you sometimes, don't, no, don't, don't raise your hand, okay? How many of you sometimes feel jealous, di ba? With your spouse, particularly if your spouse has a friend in FB, Good friend in high school. He or she is just chatting. Wala naman gagawang masama dito eh. Nagchat-chat lang naman kami eh. Miss me na you. Or maybe you're a single person here and you have a BFF. You're so close for many years and then suddenly the relationship became stale. And then nakita mo siya now more close than another, to another person. And so you feel that you're jealous. That's the reason why sometimes when you talk about jealousy, jealousy can actually, you know, uh, put a negative, uh, implica- uh, you know, negative thing in our minds. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, you are still worldly. In fact, you know, the Bible is actually referring to jealousy as sin. You're worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? So even the Apostle Paul has referred to this particular emotion called jealousy as something negative. Or in Romans chapter 13, verse 13, he said, Let us behave decently, not in dissension and what? And, and jealousy. So somehow we see that in some reference in the scripture that jealousy can actually be negative. Now, if you want to take a look further what jealousy means, actually it came from the Hebrew word kana, which literally means to become intensely red. Di ba pagkaingit ka or galit ka pagka chilos, umupuling tenga mo. Or maybe your face turns red. That is what jealousy means. Now, jealousy can actually <coughs> evoke an emotion of anger, an emotion of trying to protect this particular relationship, and you want to fight for it. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? That's why that's a natural feeling if a person is jealous that that person turns red. Not green like the Incredible Hulk, but red. Now, when you talk about jealousy, jealousy can actually be one or the other. Now, jealousy for me is like cholesterol. Okay? Cholesterol, there's good and bad cholesterol. Now, you know, I just received an email from one of our staff and they're saying, they reminded the pastors and the staff Okay, it's time again for the annual physical exams and you need to go to Healthway, you need to check your cholesterol if you are within limits. Now, how many of you have gone through your annual physical exams? Okay, How many of you have normal cholesterol levels? Diba? 
Now, uh, yesterday we were eating, me and my family were eating in a Canin Club to, to celebrate my daughter's birthday. And, you know, we ordered quite a bit. <laughs> Little lang, okay. But in the next table, we actually saw, uh, I'm not sure if that's good or bad cholesterol, okay. Chichar- uh, crispy dinuguan. Okay ba yun? Wow, sarap nun, ano? Anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, obviously that's bad, Okay. Now, you know, I take in, we, we, we are encouraged to take in good cholesterol, okay? Like, for example, if you take in omega-3, omega-6, or omega-9, that's good cholesterol. It's supposed to flush out the bad, okay? Now, the point is this. Jealousy is kind of like that. There's a good kind of jealousy and a bad kind of jealousy, okay? Now, let's talk about the bad first. The bad kind of jealousy is actually the worldly jealousy. This is the same jealousy that uh, the sons of Jacob had. Uh, towards their brother Joseph. Remember Joseph the dreamer when Jacob gave him a coat, you know, the brothers got envious or jealous of him because he is or he was their father's favorite. That's why it's never good to play favorites at home. Amen. Okay? In fact, if you ask, you know, sometimes people ask, you know, who's your favorite among your children? They're all my favorites. Okay? Sometimes even my own children would ask me, Dad, who's your favorite? And to be safe, I'd always say, you know, when Je- Be and Jerome were still young, you know what, Be, you are my favorite daughter. And Jerome, you're my favorite son. It was still safe because lang eh. Okay? But now I have three daughters. And I'd always say, Be, you're my favorite firstborn. <laughs> Anna, you're my favorite second daughter. And Andrea, you're my favorite youngest. Okay, so safe pa rin. Dapat, you know, there's no favoritism. And so, in the worldly sense, sometimes jealousy or envy can actually be... Uh, uh, provoked if, if we play favorites. Even Saul was jealous of David because after David killed the Philistine champion named Goliath, when they came back from the war, the people were singing this song, right? Remember that song? Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. So the, the kind of jealousy in the heart of Saul is something that would like to kill and that's exactly what he did or tried to do. He wanted to kill David, not just once, but several times. Now, you know, even in our modern-day stories, you know, you'd find, you know, different crimes of passion. For example, you know, the story of this particular wife who had an estranged husband who basically left her for another woman, basically went to a very popular mall in Quezon City uh, about two years ago. This is a real story in September 2011. And this... Uh, wife basically met, tried to meet the husband because the husband was working in the mall and the husband did not want to have an argument with the wife so he turned around from the wife. The wife took from her purse a gun, shot the husband at the back, killed the husband instantly. The wife, seeing that her husband was dead, tried to shoot herself at the temple of her, uh, in her temple. Okay? But guess what? It did not fire. So a security guard saw the wife and actually tried to grab the weapon from the wife. And accidentally, the wife clicked the trigger and it shot the security guard. Who happened to die on the spot also. And then she tried to shoot herself again. It did not shoot. Ibang klase talaga, no? Parang Russian roulette, no? And so I think she's now in jail and she was eventually apprehended. But that's, 
That's one particular story of a crime of passion because of jealousy because the husband went for another woman. It can go as bad as that. Or in the same week, another story came out in the same mall in, uh, in San Fernando, Pampanga, wherein a 13-year-old boy shot his boyfriend. Basically, they're both boys. His boyfriend in front of a restaurant because apparently the other boy has another one. So they were inside the mall. He took the gun, shot the boy, shot himself. Both of them died at the same time. Crime of passion. Worldly kind of jealousy. Jealousy is such a powerful emotion that can actually drive you to anger and rage and even murder. But there's also a godly kind of jealousy. And this is what we want to focus And This is the God kind of jealousy. In fact, the Apostle Paul used this particular uh, sentence in one of his, uh, in one of his uh, letters. And he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, I am jealous for you with what? With a godly jealousy. So meron palang godly jealousy and there is a worldly kind of jealousy. It's kind of like anger. Diba? Anger can actually be both good and bad. There's a good kind of anger and there's a bad kind of anger. The Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Even Jesus became angry. Diba? When the tax collectors and the Pharisees uh, you know, uh, turned the, the temple into a marketplace, he was basically you know, turning tables and he said this statement, the zeal for the Lord's house consume me or consumes me. And so when you talk about jealousy, it talks about not just being red, but another literal translation for jealousy is to be zealous. And that is the godly kind of jealousy. The Apostle Paul said, I promise you to see one husband to Christ. I promise you to one husband in, uh, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. In Exodus chapter 34, of course, we read this earlier, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. So here we can see that there are two kinds of jealousy. We want to focus on the latter kind, okay? So there are two truths about, about God's jealousy. The first one being God's jealousy is based on His covenant. Everybody say covenant. Now, how many of you, again, are married in this place? Can you please raise your hand? Remember that time when you made a covenant with your wife or your husband? That when you got married, it is more than just signing a marriage contract, by the way. You made a covenant with that person. You promised to that person that I will love you till the very end. In sickness and in health, in richer or for poor, hopefully richer, right? till death, do us part. So that is the covenant that you made. Remember that? Oh, nakalimutan nyo na yun. Okay? So when you talk about covenant, what does a covenant uh, look like? It is an unbreakable, and we're not going to dive here and camp here. I'm just going to go through this very quickly. Covenant is an unbreakable relationship initiated by God, sealed in blood, and ratified by an oath. It is an unbreakable relationship. You know, when God wants to have a relationship with man, He desires to have an intimate and a lasting relationship with us. I believe that the same is true with husband and wife. If, in fact, if you're here with your spouse, can you please look at your spouse right now? Let's make this into a marriage retreat, okay? 
and tell that person, tell that spouse okay, of yours, I am committed to you. Sabi mo to, talaga, I'm, I'm challenging you right now. Okay? I am committed to you till the very end. Sabi, sabi sa Sige. I'm giving you a few seconds to do that. Okay? If you're beside your spouse, kung nag-away kayo kanina, mag-sorry ka muna. Okay? Sorry, love, but I am committed to you till the very end. Because when you talk about a covenant, a covenant is an unbreakable relationship. It should not be broken, period. Because many times today, we, we almost see that left and right, there are disposable relationships, right? People getting married and people divorcing in the States, people getting annulled here in the Philippines. It depends. Pag may pera ka, paanal ka. Pag sa States, how convenient it is to get a divorce. And we've heard stories in Hollywood and sometimes a few days or a few hours, they get divorced already. And so, that is not what God designed marriage to be. And in the same way, His relationship with us is designed to be a lasting relationship. It's a relationship initiated by God. Si God mismo ang nagsimula niyan. Guess what? Between husband and wife, it is not you who started that. It was God who made you together. It was God who actually made sure that you are in the same situation, had common friends, nag-meet kayo one time, sa office, sa school, sa bar, wherever you were. God somehow made a way so that you can actually meet together. It's a relationship initiated by God. Sealed in blood. In fact, a covenant is always sealed in blood. From the Adamic covenant to the Mosaic covenant to the Abrahamic covenant to the Davidic covenant, even to the covenant that we have with Christ, it's always sealed in blood. Remember, in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned before the Lord, what did they use to cover themselves? Anong ginamit nila? Leaves, right? Fig leaves. But God replaced that first clothing with a sec- with a uh, yung talagang you know Louis Vuitton, okay? Ginamit ni Lord, ano? Animal skin. And how do you get animal skin before killing an animal first? Now, if you are an animal advocate, okay, I'm not here to promote violence against animal, by the way. In fact, some of you will, is, will eat an animal later for dinner, okay? <coughs> but what I'm saying is, don't get turned off by God because it's either an animal or you, okay? So which do you choose? An animal na lang, di ba? There is a sacrifice involved. Hello? An animal has to die in place of you because of sin. And you see that all throughout the generations. Abraham, you see that in the, concept, in the life of Abraham, the circumcision, there is blood. Okay? In the tabernacle of David, Solomon, the sacrifices of animals, diba? in order for them to pay the penalty for sin, there's blood. Jesus, when He was dying on the cross, how did he pay for the, the, the sin of man? By his own blood. So, kailangan talaga merong blood. In fact, even the marriage covenant has to be sealed in blood because God designed that for the first time, a husband and a wife would be intimate during the time of their honeymoon. And if a woman is a virgin, that for the first time, sorry for those of you who are young here, that's why we have kids' church there, right? <laughs> so, because sometimes you talk about adult things here in the church. And when you become intimate, and if you, the wife is a virgin, guess what? What will happen? There's blood. There's a ceiling of blood ratified by an oath. 
That's why in a marriage covenant, there's always an exchange of marriage vows between one another. So basically, a covenant relationship with God and with the husband and the wife is always a serious kind of relationship. And that is the basis, that's the reason why God is jealous because He is jealous for us. You know, a wife and a husband has certain expectation with one another. Hello, are we here this afternoon? Tahimik tayong lahat ngayon That's the reason why when I made my covenant with my wife 23 years ago, I said I will never use my eyes to be unfaithful to my wife. And you know, sometimes I would walk in the mall here in Ayala, Alabang, or sorry, in, in uh, Alabang Town. How many of you know, mga taga-Alabang, ang, ang dahil maganda rito, di ba? Tsaka maraming gwapo. Tindam may katabi mo, gwapo ba? Maganda, di ba? <clears throat> Dalakad ka sa mall, di ba? And sometimes you would actually see a, a beautiful woman that you're about to, you know, uh, about to, to pass. And if I'm with my wife, you know, I make sure that I stay beside my wife. Okay? And that my eyes have been trained not to look at that woman, but to go and look at my wife and say, you are foxier than her or something like that. <laughs> or sometimes I would just look away. I would not focus on that particular girl. Are we here this afternoon? Eh, pastor, hindi naman ako tumingin ng matagal eh. Pero dalawang beses. Parang, The moment you do double take, may ibig sabihin na yun. So, dapat isang best ka lang mag-glance, okay? Pastor, hindi ko na inalis. Isang best lang talaga ako nag-glance. Eto na lang. Hindi ganon, okay? It somehow shows what's inside the heart of man. And what God was addressing really was the concept or the issue of idolatry in the hearts of the Israelites. And I believe even us. You know, when you talk about an idol, an idol is anything that takes the place of God in our heart. Diba? It is anything that stands between God and us. That's an idol. Anything we attribute importance to is an idol. Basically, if you put something ahead of God, that is an idol. Are we here this afternoon? You know, as I grew up as a very religious boy. I grew up in the Catholic uh, religion, attended Catholic schools. In fact, my first school was San Rafael Parochial School. My second school was Immaculate Conception Academy of Manila. I was a strict Catholic growing up. And somehow, we were taught the Ten Commandments. How many of you know the Ten Commandments? Can you please raise your hand? You're familiar with the Ten Commandments? That growing up, the first two commandments is basically, you know, love the Lord your God because you shall have no other gods before me. But the second commandment is, Do shall not, Thou shalt not misuse the name of the Lord thy God in vain. But if you look at what the real Ten Commandments is in the Exodus account, in Exodus chapter 20, the first commandment is, You shall have no other gods before me. And the second command is what? You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Because how can you contain the most awesome God in the form of a statue? I mean, God is the one who created the heavens and the earth. God is the one who created all of us. God is the one who is omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful. 
He's omnipresent. And yet I believe that God somehow is insulted if we try to say that, Lord, you are this, or this is a representation of God. And I want to be very careful here because I don't want to offend anybody, but somehow I kind of learned that and I said, it makes sense. And sometimes when you talk about a graven image, eh, hindi, hindi naman to win worship eh. This is just meant to remind me of who my God is. But guess what? You cannot put God in any image here on this earth. And I am very careful just trying to preach this message because I myself came from that culture. I myself came from that religion. I myself actually prayed the rosary almost every day when I was a young boy. Very religious. And yet God wanted to contend and wanted to challenge that particular truth. And you, you know, when you talk about the Ten Commandments, what's the third commandment? If this is, you know, you shall not make for yourself an idol, what's the third commandment? Then the third commandment is now, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, or you shall not use the, Lord, the name of the Lord your God in vain. What's the fourth? Keep the Sabbath holy. What's the fifth? Honor your father and mother. What's the sixth? Bila nagtesta, no? Choknat, okay? What's the sixth? Thou shall not kill. What's the seventh? Oh, what's the seventh? Thou shall not commit adultery. What's the eighth? Thou shall not steal. What's the ninth? Thou shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And what's the tenth? Thou shall not covet your neighbor's wife and your neighbor's goods. But yet growing up, and I, I thought that, you know, as a Catholic, the, the, the ninth and the tenth, the ninth is, thou shall not covet your neighbor's wife. In Tagalog, thou shall not covet. Okay? <laughs> thou shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And the tenth is, you shall not covet your neighbor's good. But in reality, they're just one lump in the Ten Commandments. But the point is this. Thou shall not have any idols in our hearts. That was addressed to people worshiping idols, but guess what? Now that we are Christians, is it possible that we can still have idols in our hearts? I believe so. And God wants to challenge us even today that even if we don't have any of those images, guess what? There's a possibility that you still have some idols in your hearts. Anything that will take the place of God in our heart is an idol. The Ten Commandments are not a job description for God's employees, by the way. They are the wedding vows that the peasant girl takes to forsake all others and to cleave to the king alone and to live in a way that brings no dishonor to his great name. And that is said by John Piper. In fact, really, when you talk about the Ten Commandments, it's similar to a wedding vow. It's a guideline for us. But yet, sometimes as Christians, we can actually forget about this. And many times, an idol can take the place of God in our... Is that really possible? Is it really possible? In fact, even Jesus said this, No one can serve two masters. Either he will be devoted to the one or despise the other. No one can serve both God and money. Is it possible for us to sometimes treat this God of money or mammon as more important than God Himself. Guess what? God is intolerant of rivalry or unfaithfulness. Are we here this afternoon?
the God that nobody wants. Sometimes you feel like, Lord, okay lang naman ni. Eh. Masyado ka naman, Lord, exclusive. Bakit naman? Okay lang naman siguro. Can you imagine this? What if you're gonna get married? Single ladies, how many of you are single ladies in this place? Please raise your hand. Single ladies. And you're hoping and praying that someday you'll get married. Yeba, Lord, kunin mo silang litrato. Right now, right now, right now. Bigyan mo sila ngayon. What if? What if your spouse-to-be or your fiancé Okay, you're preparing for your wedding and your fiancé would make you a promise. Okay, love, here's my deal. I promise that I will be faithful to you for 364 days in a year. 364, my heart is yours. But just give me one day. One day out of every year in our marriage, and I'm just going to enjoy life, you know, visit my old girlfriends, you know, try it out if I'm still, you know, kung pa akong asim, you know, and I can actually, you know, try to be able to hook up with some of my old friends. How many of you ladies would like to marry a jerk like that? I don't think so. But what if this guy would tell you and say, I think I'm asking too much. I think one day is too much. Okay, I'm going to f- be faithful to you for 364 days and 23 hours. Just give me one hour, one hour to just visit my old girlfriends, at least chat with them on the phone, or maybe just you know, flirt with them a little bit. You know, Will you marry a guy like that? Why is that? Because our relationship ought to be what? Exclusive. I remember the story or a movie back in the 80s by Sharon Cuneta. <laughs> and the title was My Only Love. And Gabby Concepcion said, You are my first love. And Sharon said, I, I don't like me to be your first love. And Gabi said, why is that? Because if I'm your first love, then there's a second love. And there's a third love. And there's a fourth love. And there's a fifth love. And Gabi said, what do you want you, uh, me to treat you? How do you want me to, 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 to call you? I want you to, to, to call me with my only love. <laughs> because this ought to be an exclusive relationship, isn't it? If that is true for human beings, guess what? Our God is a jealous God, and He deserves 100% attention from us. Amen. Amen. That is the God we serve. Can we just give them a hand for that? And I don't think He is asking too much from us if He is asking 100% of our loyalty and devotion back to Him. He gave us His best. He gave us His all. And what did we give Him back in return? Our sin, our junk, everything that we had in the past, our failures, our failed relationships, everything that was bad was given to Him and everything that was good was given back to us. Second point, and don't worry, I only have two points this afternoon. (laughs) Second point is God's jealousy is bound by His commands. First, it's bound by His covenant. Second, it's bound 
by His commands. And sometimes you feel like, Lord, commands na naman, utos na naman, utos ng utos. How many of you sometimes don't enjoy commands? Especially if it's coming from your wife. No? Yeah, parang, do this, do this, palaba mo to, ganito, lidisim yung bahay, whatever, di ba? That's why in the house, how many of you know that husbands ought to have the final word? Right? And what's the final word? Yes, dear. Di ba? Anyway, so, so Exodus chapter 34, verse 11, and God said, Obey what I command you today. So basically, He's reminding the Israelites, Obey what I command you today. Because of what? Because I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, and all the ites. Basically, God is saying, Obey me because this is what I'm going to be doing for you. Obey me because I will protect you. Obey me because I will provide for you. Obey me because this is a covenant that is not a win-win covenant. It is a ultra win for you. And we get nothing out of God. does not get anything from this. God is the one who initiated this. All He's asking is that we give Him undivided attention and ultimate devotion of loyalty because He is a jealous God. He's jealous that because of hindi mo siya pinapansin. He's jealous because He wanted to protect us. He's jealous because He wanted to restore our relationship with Him. If we are going astray, guess what? The jealousy of God basically pursues us as sinners so that He can actually bring us back to the fold. In Exodus chapter 34, 11, it says, Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going or they will be what? They will be a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their Asherah poles. You know, God is really committed. You're probably looking at this particular street, Lord, ibang klasika, break down, smash, cut down, talagang Lord, mapaka-violent ni Lord. Ah. You know, that somehow shows us how passionate our God is. That when you talk about sin, you do not negotiate with terrorists. When you talk about sin, you have to make, be decisive with sin. Hello? That's why even Jesus said this, if your eye causes you to sin, what do you do? You put on mascara? No, you gouge it out. You pluck it out. Wow, Lord, sobra naman yan. Because He said, it is better for you to enter life with one eye than to go to hell with both eyes. If your hand causes you to sin, what do you do? Cut it off. It is better for you to enter life with one hand than to go to hell with two hands. And that's exactly how we should treat sin and idols in our life. Break down. Smash! Parang, ano, no? Parang uh, video game. Ano? Smash! Diba? Or cut down. Diba? Some of you can relate. Diba? Ano ba latest video game ngayon? <laughs> Wala na. Wala na akong alam dito. Uh, ano? <laughs> Plants versus zombies. <laughs> Luma na yun eh. Anyway. Do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land, for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. That's why singles... Take heed of what the Apostle Paul says. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. 
Pastor, you don't understand. He's such a nice guy. Pag nakawala to, sayang, Pastor. Can I just bring him to church? I-born again mo na lang. And we're with you. We're committed to praying for you. We're committed to wanting you to have the ultimate relationship. But guess what? There's no assurance that that person will actually turn his heart to God and serve Him. It is always best for us to wait on God and really ask the Lord, Lord, give me Mr. and Miss Right. Not Mr. and Miss Right now. Okay? Kasi misa, kung ano makita, pwede na to, Lord. Ayos na to. When you were 20 years old, you're praying, Lord, I'm going to commit myself to you. I'm going to wait for the perfect man. And then you become 30. Lord, I want to commit to you. As long as he can say the name Jesus, Lord, okay na rin. When you're 40, Lord, I'm going to commit to you. Just give me any man. <laughs> you know, don't lower down your standards. I believe that when you wait, God actually is giving, going to give you the best. And I'm sure that you've heard of a lot of stories, and we have no time to talk about that, how God provided you know, a wife or a husband to people who learned to wait on God. And it's always best to wait. You know, I have yet to see somebody who said, Oh, sabi ko sa'yo, Pastor, okay kami nito. Masaya na unbeliever to. Masaya kami. Dito lang kami. You know, masaya kami. Dito lang kami. Dito lang kami. Wala alam si church kayo, pero masaya kami. Ayaw niya mag-church eh, pero masaya kami. I mean, if you're gonna marry an unbeliever, how will you raise up your kids? Which church will you go to? What kind of standards will you teach your children? If he is a compromiser, how, many, how sure are you that he's not going to womanize and that he's going to be loyal to you for life? I would rather you marry somebody who has the fear of the Lord. Pag may fear of the Lord, gagwapo rin yan. Let's move on. Either, Lord, baguhin mo mukha niya o baguhin mo yung mata ko. Parang ganun. Somehow, there's gonna be a miracle. Anyway, let's move on. In 1 John chapter 3, I'm winding down. I'm gonna be sharing my last point. You know, when you talk about the commands of God, is the command of God burdensome? Really? Is God a burden for us? I don't think so. In fact, he says in 1 John chapter 3, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask. Anything we ask. Because what? Because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. Guess what? When, you obey the command, when we obey the command of God, it's not for His benefit, it's for our benefit. When we obey God, it's for our safety. When we obey God, it's for our prosperity. When we obey God, it's for our protection. The reason why many times as parents, we tell our children, don't do this, is because you want them to be protected, right? The reason why you, if you have small kids, do not touch the socket, 
And what, are your, what does your two-year-old do? <laughs> because he, they want to test you. Many times, that two-year-old does not mature. And as a 45-year-old, God will say, do not touch the socket. The reason why God wants us to obey Him is so that we can receive the full benefits as sons and daughters. Amen. Have confidence before God. Receive from Him anything we ask because we are His children. Amen. And this is His command to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. It boils down to the two greatest commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It cannot be easier than that, simpler than that. That is exactly what God wants us to have. And as we close today, my main point is this. And this is one main point that you want to take home. God's jealousy is really meant to protect us and bless us. Not to restrict us, not to make life difficult for us, not so that we don't have fun and we don't have joy. Guess what? The more you obey God, you'll realize the more it is fun to be with Him. Amen. Amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand? How do we respond practically? First, through priority. Make God your number one priority. When you talk about priority, He is the first in your life. Your wife demands that from you. Your husband demands that from you. They demand the time. When you talk about priority, it speaks of time, quality time with God. It talks about fidelity, that ultimately we need to be faithful with God and not with any other idol. And it's also speaking of intimacy. You know, between a husband and a wife, there's intimacy. Genesis chapter 2 talks about Adam and Eve. They were both naked and they felt no shame. It talks about not just not having clothes. It talks about transparency. It talks about vulnerability. And you can be that before the Lord. And God wants to take us in. You know, if you have problems, go to God and tell God, I'm having a hard time, Lord. That's intimacy. We hope you were inspired by that message. Have a deeper understanding of who God is in your life by coming to our weekend services or by joining a Victory group. Visit our concierge, our website, or our Facebook page to know more. Thank you and stay connected.